When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Fright School. Oh my God, Joe, this is so exciting. Why is it exciting, Joshua? This, we are in a movie theater, seeing a movie. And we're together. And we're together, sitting right next to each other. This is insane. The last time we did this was over a year ago for The Invisible Man. And here we are to see Spiral from the Book of Saw. I'm so excited. Yes, it's very fitting. The last movie I saw in the theater was horror. First movie back is horror. That's the only way. That's, I mean, I can't think of a better circumstances. I love it. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so dear listener, just hang on a bit. Hopefully technology is kind to us And we will be right back with a special guest To give you our thoughts On a new Saw film Spiral, oh my gosh, Chris Rock Here we go Welcome to Fright School Are you ready Class is in session. All right, welcome back. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. How are you today? I'm doing well. Obviously not as, uh, as, um, I'm way more up than you, I guess, today. I don't know what... Anyways, blah, blah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, but I, I will say that I'm very excited to uh, welcome our favorite acolyte of one John Jigsaw Kramer back to the Fright School uh, mobile book library here. <laughs> Young David! Yay! <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes, we've been waiting like over a year to have this conversation to see the new spiral from the Book of Saw. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, let's just chat a little bit. How have you been doing? We haven't talked to you in a while. How's life? How's how's your pandemic going? <laughs> um, I've been uh, vaccinated for about a like a month now, so I've. I've gone and done some things, but it was the first movie that I did see in theaters uh, since way before the pandemic. I don't even remember the last movie I saw. Uh, And other than that, I'm doing pretty good. Just looking for jobs. That's about it. What kind of jobs are you looking for? Hire her. Hire her. (laughs) Oh, uh, I got my credential for teaching. So I'm just looking for teaching jobs. Yeah, yeah, you're really taking that um, Saul get tortured to death thing seriously. <laughs> uh, well, I guess it depends on what yeah. age you want to teach. Oh, High yeah, school. Oh, you do. You want to be tortured to death. All right. Well, that, that's good. Well, I think <laughs> I think that David Moore wants to, um, he wants to, like, be that person that's going to, like, dole out the comeuppance of his, like, shitty you know his shit the shitty kids you know remember when i'm gonna start yeah start all of my word problems with 
want right. to play a game. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it'll be like it'll be like Ma and Saw, <laughs> like meets like Ma meets Saw, but it's the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Oh man! <laughs> Well, that's uh, very cool. Glad that uh, you know you, you you finished that. I bet that feels like a a, a a nice accomplishment. You know. Yeah, and now I just have to find right. a job. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, I don't know what they're paying teachers nowadays, but if it's you know anywhere in that fifteen dollar range, you should be able to find something. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know shit. Uh, <laughs> um, I did see some posts though for like master, like you must have a master's degree, $15 and 80 cents an hour. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's did not go to school that long for that little amount of money. <laughs> I tell you, I know it's so, so messed up anyway. So, um, I, Finally, I finished this morning. I watched the Saw, the last chapter. So I finished my like marathon. I had watched Jigsaw randomly um, a few weeks ago. Mm. So I did a whole rewatch of Saw. Uh, turned out I didn't need really to do that, but it was super fun. Of course, it's always fun to sit and watch the Saw yeah. films. Uh, as uh, <laughs> Joe will find out soon enough. Uh, but yeah, let's just get into it. So we've got um, Spiral from the Book of Saw. With uh, should we should just say spoiler alert as usual? Probably gonna spoil the shit out of this, dear listener. So go and see it. You know, go on a date. <laughs> I know it's been fourteen or fifteen months since you've had that, uh, and well, for some of you, maybe longer, um, <laughs> or for others of you, maybe you just you never stop dating. You don't care. Have apps. Will travel, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, go out to the movies and uh, and, and and see it. So we've got. Chris Rock going, hmm, I've got a good idea for a new Saw movie. And using his clout, he uh, got, you know, got it to happen. So, Joe, let's start with you. Uh, as we always do, what did you, what did you think? <laughs> well, I mean, this, this movie was really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know why I'm speaking in a hush and reverent tone. I don't tone. either. I'm You're just, so like, like reserved right now. Really you a, didn't sing a show. Really tune. afraid. <laughs> you didn't. You know. I mean. I just. I don't know what to do with this energy you have. I feel like I'm having to make up. I'm for just it. afraid. <laughs> afraid that the spiral killer is going to come for me. Um, it really does make you <laughs> wish that. Like, did you become a crooked really cop in between you... the time we left the? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> we left um, the theater and somehow you. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So here's here's the thing. I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. As someone who, as of what, as of as of the listener listening to this, I have only seen the first Saw film, so I haven't seen the others yet because you know that's we're waiting for that part of Fright School. Um. So I'm just like, okay, like this is going to be really interesting. Um. And then I was really like. There is something to be said about movie magic and being in a movie theater and having the surround sound and the sound hits at the right point. And like this movie, I did not think if I had watched it in my home, it probably wouldn't have been as effective as if I uh, by watching it in the theater with uh, with you, Joshua. So um, I'm grateful mostly for that experience and for having that like movie magic. And that's never going to go away. But like, I mean... 
It was very disturbing in parts. It was really gory. I didn't. I can't believe they showed a lot of the things that they showed. But I mean, again, I'm also like you know, quote unquote, new to this. Uh, <laughs> overall, I enjoyed it. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. No. I, we we don't do a. T- I haven't shown you a ton of like the really tortury, gory stuff. So this was pretty extreme up there with like, uh, you know, inside and you know some of the things that we've watched. Um, martyrs. Yeah, well, I've not I've not done martyrs yet. I oh, oh I yeah, go you back and forth. <laughs> I found some really good conversation around martyrs that I think would be perfect for fright school. But it's just it's a very intense film. Um, so yeah, I go back and forth on whether I want to subject uh, Joe to it because it's a different level, you know, than like Saw or some of the some of the gory films. Uh, but um, you know, we'll get we'll cross that bridge give, one day. <laughs> I know we give a lot of like I know we we you know we talk a lot about inside, but I keep forgetting that like I have like seen a literal abortion right. like with watching dumplings. So <laughs> I mean. If if that's the that's the gore barometer, right? <laughs> so, yeah. um, so David, what are what are your thoughts uh, as as a longtime fan of Saw? I mean, I'm sure you were excited when this was announced, and yeah. So, well, to start, when I heard that, oh, Chris Rock had like, uh, pr- uh what is it? Um, pitched yeah. this. I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, Chris Rock, and now love him. He's great. I, I loved it. I loved it so much. <clears throat> it really does take the Saw movies into a new yeah. direction, and I'm all I'm here for it. Um, as Joe said, being in a theater, um, it really did a lot. I definitely got emotional at parts because I was in a theater seeing my favorite franchise. And this was like the first movie I've seen in over a year. So I got a little emotional. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely feel that it is. Uh, it, it, I, I miss because what like the last time we went to like a, a film where there was like a ton of people in the audience was like get out, you know, because um, we usually see films earlier uh, in the day. So I did kind of miss that. I think if there had been because God, there was only what, like 20 people in the theater with us because, you know, it's so spread out. So it's like I, I miss kind of having a big audience because I think if this had opened under, you know, quote unquote normal um you know uh, mm-hmm. it would have been packed and it, i think it would have been a lot more fun as like an amusement park ride kind of thing to to experience with people yeah. but 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 absolutely like just being in the theater was very nice we saw it in imax so it was huge and very, like, the blood and gore was even more intense like as as, as big and gross yeah as i'm could be. I didn't get a seat in IMAX because I don't have an IMAX theater uh, in me, yeah. but I'm going with my mom on Thursday or Friday and we're going to see oh, it cool. in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> see, I love that. Oh, that makes me miss my mom. Like I miss going to see horror movies with her. Well, <laughs> yeah, she, we always do every Saw movie except for the first one. We saw the midnight showing or whatever the first showing was opening night together, but they were up visiting my sister for something this past weekend. So she didn't get to come with me. So I'll just get to experience it again. Yeah, no, that's sweet. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's cool. I I do miss that annual tradition we had, you know, for years of getting to go and see, you know, the new Saw film every year. And I hope this kicks off a new uh, franchise. I do too. we get another one next year and the year after and, you know, until they, you know, 
run this <laughs> into the ground as far as they want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> although revisiting the the first seven, like you know, I forget. Like as bonkers as the story is, I, they do a good job of weaving stuff in there and going back and kind of filling in. They and do. So it's like I, I, I on rewatching, I was like, you know, there there are hits and misses with some of the things. You know, like just in general, like um, like quality. I feel, but overall. The franchise is great, yeah. you know, and they really tie all this stuff in. So rewatching it over the last uh, week or so, I was just like, oh, gosh, I forget how awesome this, like, series is. Um, uh-huh. and it's moral superiority and, and it's, like, inventiveness of traps. And so I was uh, I was very curious to see how that would go. So um, let's, let's dive into a little bit. Of, oh, well, uh, uh, hold on. Let me uh, pause because you were going to say something. Um. Okay, I don't sorry. Remember. I was like, I it over you. I was like, oh, I should see what you have to say. <laughs> well, you railroaded like uh, the beginning of the hey, spiral. Now we can go right into this <laughs> into the story. Uh, so that was super fun. So you know, we get we start off right away. You know, kind of uh, um, you know, however fast a uh, subway car moves, <laughs> zero to whatever, zero to sixty. Um, you know, so we've got the first trap, which I'm trying to, I don't think I've ever seen in any of the Saw films, a trap like that with like the tongue. Yeah. It's, it's one of my <laughs> new favorites. It was so good and it was so well done and it was just so right. simple. I think, I think I loved it because it was just so simple. He's just like hanging on by his tongue and all he has to do to live is just fall. <laughs> But, you know. No, I know. that's It's kind of sad, like, when he does finally let go, it's too late. And it's like, man, dude, just a few seconds earlier, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that's... that's yeah. Uh, and if you haven't, um, dear listener, you can see that scene. If you just want to get a taste, they did release, like, a three-minute teaser. Yep. So you can at least see the first uh, trap, uh, which it is. It's very simple and very... Um, uh, visceral, you know, the way they kind of the way they filmed it up close, and you just get <laughs> the shot of his, the, just that shot of right before he gets hit by the subway. It's just it like, oh, yeah. it's so good. Absolutely, Joe. What did you think of that? I, you like <laughs> you were squirming. Poor Joe, he was just squirming like the whole time. <laughs> I had you on one side I mean, and like, the Sam Squinch on the other, and both of you are like, oh. Nah, rah. Well, I mean, let's put it into context, right? Like, okay, the first movie that I'm going to see back from a global pandemic where I, you know, was already, you know, everyday fearful for my life. Um, I'm sitting there watching in IMAX and beautiful surround sound. um, (laughs) This like supposedly crooked cop. And that's the other thing too, because it's like, again, like the the, the thing that's interesting is that like um, Saw... Uh, Saw franchise specifically deals with like morality on a on a whole like um, horror films all deal with morality and there's all these different variations of what is moral within every single film but with Saw it's like very cut and dry right it's just like you are a terrible person ergo and you did this thing ergo you don't deserve to live or you deserve to live but like be be harmed in some way. And so like to see that like played exquisitely in this first one, like it was beautiful. It, I can, I will never get that out of my head. 
Um, it's also just like it plays on people's <laughs> it plays on people's fears of like the soft tissue, right? Like, like you got someone by the tongue, they're really not going to go anywhere. And I actually, until David explained it, I didn't really quite get how how it was supposed to work. Like, I and I understand it now, where it's like if he just kicks the chair out, right? He'll um, kicks the chair out, he falls, and then the tongue gets ripped, and then that's it. I mean. It's kind of a crapshoot. I mean, like me being a pragmatist, right? It kind of it's a kind of a crapshoot either way because he could bleed out. Um, there's nowhere really for him to run as the three train is coming down. Um, but it was just so like to have that be the first the first kill and 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 to have that be like David, who is this like lifelong Saw fan, be one of his favorites. Like that's just you knew they were going. They wanted to make a statement right away. <laughs> and I think they were very effective. Absolutely. Yeah. Make a statement by ripping someone's tongue out. Uh, and so that kind of sets up, like you mentioned. So this uh, guy is a crooked cop and that is sort of what the conversation is throughout spiral is about, um, you know, the systemic issues plaguing the police <laughs> kind of, uh, they could have pushed it a little bit more. I, I, it's interesting, Joe, that you bring up, um, Spy, uh, uh, the the Saw series and like morality because when we talk about like social justice horror, we tend to think that that's something that's started kind of uh, really coming to the forefront with like Get Out and and as we've been moving forward like these deeper co- conversations. But Saw has been doing that for a while. I mean, rewatching Saw Six and this conversation yep. about health insurance and healthcare and you know what is morally right in a society, you know, and then holding people responsible for you know making these uh, decisions that affect other people's lives. Uh, you know, Saw always kind of has. <laughs> you know, done that. I think the gore and all that, that's, it, it kind of gets lost for some people, you know, to get through the, 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 the gore of it, but at the heart of it, you know, there are these serious uh, conversations happening. So this, you know, right there with it, uh, talking about police. So we've got um, Chris Rock plays Ezekiel Banks, Detective Banks, Zeke, uh, who, at some point previous to the, to the, uh, before the start of the film has, uh, had a partner who was crooked, shot a witness, uh, who was gonna, you know, take down a, a police officer. And so Zeke turned him in. And of course now he's a rat. And, uh, as, as we've been having that conversation in society, you know, we go, Oh, there's no good cops. Um, you know, good cops should turn in the bad cops, but when they do, they get fired or they're harassed or, uh, you know, bad things happen to them. They get put in situations where, you know, their own lives are uh, at risk. So it's kind of talking a little bit about that, bad appling, you know, the the cop conversation, I think, a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, what do we, where do we want to go from there? <laughs> talking about uh, the film. If that's our, if that's kind of the starting point of having this conversation about uh, corrupt police (laughs) what did we what did we think of the overall discussion like (laughs) like i i um i liked it because it it definitely like is different for saw like jigsaw did go for some cops right that he knew were corrupt Mm -hmm. um but he didn't always go for cops and this one's specifically going for them, which is like, it does, 
it, it at one point I was it at so at the beginning I was like, oh, what is this weird cop pop propaganda? And then by the end I was like, it went full fuck the police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to some extent. Yeah, that final shot kind of turning that imagery around on itself, uh, you know, for, uh-huh. for them to for the police to take out like one of their own um, unknowingly, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, which yeah, was also like a black person right. pulling a gun. Yeah, yeah, who happens to be the former <laughs> chief of police. I, yeah, that was pretty that was a pretty intense uh-huh. thing. And then they end it there. So I mean it ends very intense, very, you know, very much like yeah. the first saw film of like slamming the door and everybody's screaming, you know, and it's just like, wow, okay, what's what's next? It definitely left you like, you know, wanting more. Uh, you brought up uh, uh, the conversation about police because that's been one of the critiques I've read about Spiral is people are like, what are they talking about? Like, oh, Jigsaw never targeted cops. He had, uh, you know, several cops uh, that were part of. He totally yeah, did. a little strange. <laughs> I, w- I would name them all off, but Joe has not seen them yet. <laughs> I don't want to give but it away. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> a police officer as part of his like cult, you know, because I kind of still think of John yes. Kramer as like a cult leader more than anything in a way, uh-huh. uh, you know. So he also had, you know, he had use for crooked police, but he definitely targeted uh-huh. um, officers on on several occasions. I mean, the first film has lots of uh, well, the first few films have, you know. Oh yeah, it has it has right. two specifically. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little strange that that sort of uh, Jigsaw never targeted cops. Like uh, <laughs> maybe you should go rewatch yeah, the movie. Uh, <laughs> he he went for everybody. Yeah, no, true. yeah. <laughs> you had depression trap. <laughs> uh, I was trying to look. What was the second trap? Oh, I thought I. The yeah, the fingers. fingers. I, you know, I do. I do have to say that, like, um, the way they constructed this film, I thought was kind of interesting because usually with Saw, you know, you yes. have the trap. They go through the trap. They either survive or they don't, and we move and on. Then, the way they broke it up, piecemeal, was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. I because like when it happened in the theaters, I was like, oh. They're still they're going to show it, but now they're sort of using this detective trope where they're most likely going to find the dead body and then we're going to see it. And that's exactly what happened. And I thought it was a really cool sort of like police drama trope that they used that has saw has never done before. Yeah, I like the, uh, yeah, kind of piecemealing it. And then you sort of find out why, or, you know, there are like different reasons throughout just to kind of make it, I think a little more complex because I, Again, overall, I do like this. I'm looking forward to it being on like HBO or whatever, so I can like rewatch it again. Um, you know, just because you always want to watch a Saw film a few times because you miss things. Mm-hmm. I know there's got to be Easter eggs I miss. I know there's got to be callbacks to other things and conversations. But it, there were just there were times where I was like, it kind of feels like Chris Rock was like, I'm a big fan of the Saw movies. I've got money and clout. You know, I've got an idea, and we can just like stick Jigsaw in. You know, because otherwise it was sort of very this. I mean, I think the the uh, comparisons to seven, uh, which is another film, Joe, you've not seen, right? Yes. Joe. Mm-hmm. Seven. Yeah. Have you seen seven? I've not okay, seen seven. Sorry, no. you keep freezing oh, for me. You got to watch what's that. going on. Sorry, it, it cut out right uh, then okay. and there, but we're, okay. we're good. <laughs> 
just make it sure. Um, so it reminded me a little <laughs> bit uh, of seven, you know, uh, again, um, I read one of the, I think it was Forbes review was like, um, rip off, don't remake. <laughs> so spiral is kind of coming uh, from that, you know, vibe of like seven, obviously the twist is very different, but, um, you know, it just kind of, there were just moments where I felt like, okay, what, what exactly is the function of jigsaw here other than being like inspirational? Curious about your thoughts on that, David. So basically he is just inspirational. He's not, he's obviously, uh, the killer is not, <sighs> he was young when I'm, I'm guessing because the timeline's all real right. weird at this point. I'm guessing he's pro- he was probably young when these ji- when the jigsaw killings were actually happening. So like he rem- he wanted to do this since he was 12 years old, you know, and like I'm guessing jigsaw was around at that point. Um and they had that article 8 thing which let everybody do whatever they wanted, which makes me think that some of the uh, they're gonna. That's sort of a retcon for the earlier movies as to why some of the police are probably in traps. Mm. Um, yeah, in the older ones. Um, but yeah, he's just basically using sort of using the mo, but also not because his is not like so. Jigsaw just teaches lessons to the general population, right? About right? Valuing your life, about, um, you know, yeah. Cherishing your life. And this one, this spiral killer is what I'm going to call him. Um, he basically, he wants to, he wants to punish police for doing bad things and they can either live or die. Like, but if they do live there, they will never be able to do what they did to other right. people again. Like with the finger trap, like he'll never be able to shoot somebody ever yeah. again. Um, and the tongue guy, he won't be able to um, lie ta- uh, lie on the witness stand or whatever uh, ever again to um, get people in jail. And so this it's definitely a different MO. Yeah. And it sort of uses some of the lesson, but also it's, it's new and different. It's not Jigsaw. Like... Jigsaw's gone. Uh, that's done. But no one will ever be able to do what Jigsaw did again because, like, they didn't go through what he did. So they'll de- they have different view on life. And he specifically, um, Spiral Killer, is had dad got caught killed point blank by a cop for doing nothing wrong. Right. And he wants to try to punish right, them. Seek, seek vengeance. It's purely motivation. It's purely motivated by revenge. And right. I, I think what what's interesting is that, like when when we get to the police chief, right, who gets killed in the cold storage, um, I thought it was going to be liquid nitrogen, <laughs> but oh. like because it looked, I thought so too. Because <laughs> it looked like they put something on her face so she could get waterboarded. Water. Oh right, mm. yeah. So I was like, ooh, they're going to like freeze her face off and then it's going to crack or something. But but the thing about it is that like when when she plays her tape, you know, she hears her her indictment. Um it's like because she didn't um 
um, she ne- she never stick her neck out for anybody, right? Like she just kind of was uh-huh. very passive, and so that's an interesting thing because it's like okay, there are people who have actually done terrible things, but like her punishment with like hers is probably one of them. I mean, they're all really fucked up. Like uh, no yeah. one's no one's getting, that one was rough. That one was really rough, <laughs> and it's also because it's like you know because she got where she did for as young as she did, and um the you know spiral killer makes that makes that you know makes that um draws that comparison later in the movie where it's like oh you know she didn't become 30 like police chief at 35 because of you know x y and z like no one gets to where they are um as young as they are without doing without dirtying their hands a bit so she like not didn't stop people but like enabled a, a whole thing like uh-huh. he was he and it's interesting because it's like now you're talking about like the root cause of like systemic injustice right you're talking about the people who are not terrible like they're not the ones out there shooting witnesses and shooting unarmed people and shooting people with and you know it, doing their own brand of justice with impunity but you are talking about like someone at the top who never exercised it um, and never exercised their actual power for good. So, or to for actual justice, and I, it's just so interesting to kind of see like if this movie had come out when it was the first time it was delayed last yeah. year. Like, I, I think they made I think they made a really good call. I mean, there's never going to be the, the sad thing is that like there really will never be a time when it's not going to feel you know it's not going to feel prescient, but like specifically in light of everything that happened um, after June, 2020, like to see this come out is just like kind of bonkers. And then also, I mean, we have, we have like, you know, a black man at the helm of it who has talked about like living in a, like, you know, living, growing up in an area where it was, you know, bullets flying and all that stuff. And so to kind of see them and, and Samuel L. Jackson as well. So it's, it's just so, I think we're seeing this not on the same lines of like a get out where it's wanting to actually have a social commentary, but we are seeing it take place within like a, within a very specific reality. And it's the reality that we're living in right now. Um, I mean, I, it's so funny. Cause like I was telling Joshua where yeah. um, this, the, the scene in the beginning when he just, um, when, um, Zeke is talking to William and he's talking about like his wife, William's wife and how they have problems and stuff. And Zeke starts to go over the like reasons why being a detective is terrible. And I'm like, well, there's a good case for like abolition right there. Like, (laughs) like the, like, like this is why would anyone want to work in an, in an environment where they think that, you know, where the norm is what he's saying and then proving, trying to prove themselves to be the exception. So, so yeah, that's, it's, it's, it was, it was really good. It was really thought provoking. And, and just as a, just as a piece of horror, just as a, you know, a splatter gory piece of horror, it, I thought it was really great. Um, I'm surprised that people are not liking it, but I shouldn't be. it's very split. Like it's either they loved it or they hated it. Like it's very weird. I've been following it on Twitter and yep. And even like saw like super fans are like either loving or hating it. And it's just, it's very, it's very weird. 
but I, I hope it gets a second one. <laughs> I think at this point we, we have yeah. to get, because we, we have to know, like, I want to know more about the killer. I want to know how he yeah. was able to design those things. Did he like, you know, I want to see like, you know, he's in college and it's like, oh, he has like a bachelor's in mechanical engineering and also yeah. criminal psychology and stuff like that. Like, I want to know that. Um, it always just amazes me how much like he has access to like all the deepest personnel files. Um, and I think like what's, I think the main conversation that we're going to have from this, or at least like kind of like the, you know, the larger societal context we're going to have from this is like really has to deal with like that quote unquote brotherhood of being a police officer and like, okay, you, we, cause we constantly are told, right. The propaganda is constantly being told that we, there are, there are good ones and it's only a few bad apples, but like, I, how, how, like, how is that truly the case? And then you see this and we just kind of also are conditioned to accept that, yes, it is a brotherhood. So one cop speaks out against another man, um, against another cop, but like now he is forever, like he's forever a rat. He is forever a person who, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's the conversation that I really want to have with people when they see this movie. It's like, well, he was obviously the person who everyone thought because he was the one that was the target, but he did everything right, quote unquote, everything right. And like that happened, he even says it was like 12 years ago or something. Nine, yeah, nine years. There's still nine nine or 12, I forget. Um, But it it was a while. And like they're still putting dead rats on his desk even nine years later it's ridiculous like yeah i think mm-hmm. the film let i think that's again if this would have come out last year i think this would have even been more obvious that again it's it the conversation it's having is a bad apples conversation rather than a systemic conversation about police uh, the, uh, brutality and white supremacy and oppression, all that. Cause uh, I mean, again, the film totally yeah. avoids like really any conversation of that. I mean, you've got Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson, Marisol Nichols. I mean, you have a very like diverse, like people of color cast are in almost all the primary roles or many of the primary roles. And they completely avoid any conversation about racism in the workplace or racism in the police. I think in my opinion, at least not mm-hmm. as far as they could, take it so i felt like what i came away from it was they could have pushed that narrative a little bit more you know i mean there could have been a little bit more of you know that sort of conversation but what i actually really think it kind of was more of like a warning of like um of 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 what this sort of you know instead of making people safer it makes people hate the police more and makes the um it radicalizes. So this, this kid becomes radicalized by police violence and decides to, you know, have, um, uh, take out vigilante justice on the police. You know, that's kind of how, that's what I kind of took away from it at the end is that it almost feels like a warning to, to, uh, the system of policing that it's like, you're not, all yeah. you're doing is making people hate the police and to be violent against them. And so, uh, rather than having like this deep conversation about systemic policing issues, uh, I, again, I'm not exactly sure what the you know wh- what the goal was, <laughs> you know, in that 
in, in that realm. Uh, but I just, that's kind of what I took away from it. Just my two cents. <laughs> and I mean, and I am also very radically like opposed the police to fund the police totally changed that system. <laughs> so that also might just be my politics and my perspective. <laughs> Yeah, it's I I think also like the final image, right, of um of someone pulling the strings, you know, of of basically the chief of like former chief of police being like strung up like a puppet because mm-hmm. again, oftentimes you see like black police officers are used as such. Right. They are um used as puppets and and brought out um uh, and, and maybe, and you know, like they may be, they may not think that they are, but like you know, they're often like, oh no, we have a black police officer; he can't possibly be the bad one, quote unquote, because he's here with us. But then you see him to also see him get gunned down in that way, because you know the the thing comes out, the gun comes out, and then they make it, but they don't even know that he's like the former chief of police. It, it's just, it, I think, like that whole to end it on that too, like, and it just to have it be so like like raw and horrific and you know exactly the like very parallel to the way that the first one ended um yeah was beautiful but like it was it was like one of the more disturbing images even more disturbing yeah. that like tongues getting Absolutely. ripped out and hot wax and severed spines just and, that yeah and it happens so fast like <sighs> Like I figured out who the killer was yeah. pretty fast because I've seen the <laughs> yeah. Saw movies, uh, <laughs> um, but that wasn't really the twist. It was that last room, and it was like you either save your dad or you leave with me. And it's like, uh, leave with him, do it. <laughs> I wanted him to so bad, and then he didn't. And oh, it just and, and then it just happened so quick. I was like, what's gonna happen when they? get through that wire yeah that was tense i was <laughs> and then and then it happened and i love how the um the new puppet whose name is mr snuggles oh, um, i want one of those so bad oh my gosh it was adorable i do too they're they're making it um there is a company making it i will send you the link to it um and it should is be it like out by Halloween. studios but, or um, one of them Okay. Yes, yeah, it is. They, they make good. Yes, they make cool stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. So they and like earlier in the movie, one of the videos has Mister Snuggles, and he literally shows what's going to yeah. happen to the chief of police. And I was like, I was just like, what? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's true. There was was a lot of like foreshadowing in that, you know, and again, I kind of felt the same way when I was sitting there, like, I think I have this figured out, but the question is still going to be why, you know, to some extent, is he connected into Jigsaw? Because like, I got the, that I was was more about like, okay, well, why? (laughs) Where's that kind of reveal? And who knows, maybe in the second movie or the third movie, we're going to get like, it'll start with a flashback where he is like a college student and gets into a room and and please stop me if I'm like about to embarrass myself, get somehow gets into a room with John Kramer. Do you know what I mean? Like if, is that something that could possibly happen? Like, is he imprisoned or in a hospital bed or. It all depends on like, um, it all depends on the timeline. When does this take place? 
we don't know. Um, Cause it could very yeah. well take place like shortly after or concurrently. Right. It's well, yeah. the original saw films, the first one came out in what? 2004. Yeah. And then the final so, was 10 and then they did. Yeah. So the final was 2010, but um, the timeline is, is saw three yeah, takes place very in condensed. 2006. Yeah. And then, and then saw four, five, six, and seven all take place within at right, least a right, month yeah. of of the end of six, of yeah. the end of three. So, and then and then um, Jigsaw's ten years later, which is like twenty seventeen or yeah, so. yeah, that's when it was released. But yeah, so it all depends the timeline. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a little you know, Saw is like. Uh, queen of the retcon <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah con, you know each one and then you find out which i always enjoyed like you know how they tying it together and you're like what you know especially like at the end of like four or five when like like burst in the room it's like oh, this whole thing has been happening at the yeah. same time yeah <laughs> so yeah i am curious to see how yeah. they develop this i mean in the film um the detective um Sorry, all their names. I just saw it. You know, Shank, William Shank is like, oh, wasn't that like 15 years ago? So again, yeah, it's like hard to know exactly that, you know, timeline of like 15 years ago of the timeline. Since when? Since the first saw murders or no, or like, you know, so. Yeah, from like the end of Saw 3, from right. the end of Saw 7, you know, uh, don't exactly know that. And like, when was. Uh, he 12 years old like was that happening during that or was it like before right. that because if if it's before that then the timeline's all weird because like he's obviously like in his 20s um, mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'd I would say think, late 20s you know uh, push pushing 30 late 20s late early 20s. 30s yeah 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 by that it'd be yeah and so like, like that sorry go ahead so that maybe like I don't think he'd be able to meet John uh, Jigsaw, um, but he might be like I really wanted them to go more into like the cultiness of like what um, the what Seven does, yeah. um, and maybe we'll get that in the next. Movie. And again, I mean, we don't know like if you know, in this world for years, there are others, you know, there are others who are inspired and they're out there. Yeah. There's a whole spiral cult, you know, we have no idea, but, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. this is just that first, and well, it's kind of just like the original. It starts with this tiny little idea and then you realize it's this huge web, um, you know, so yeah. we'll see. I mean, I think it's definitely worthy of a sequel. We'll see how it does at the box office. I never sweat reviews on horror because it's always going to be in the middle. I mean, especially with an intense franchise like this, it's just, just so hard to meet everybody's needs yeah. or wants or you know and i think it is it is going to take the the weekend box office of being the highest oh, grossing very cool this weekend with nine million right. i think almost 10 which post-pandemic yeah. you know yeah. post post-mask mandate yeah like that's very good um also like i just i have loved watching max mingjella since social network <laughs> so like i was very here like when i saw that he was in it i'm like okay i'm very here for this 
Um, and I was just like, I just want more. And also he's like a young guy, right? So like he, he could do this for a while. Like he yeah. will definitely uh-huh. be doing this for a while. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the sequel plays out, especially given the like very real and deep conversations that we've been having about structural institutional white supremacy and how that affects the police and how, like what, how far they're going to go because like it could go the way of what, um, the first purge, right. Right. Where we have something like that, that like that blatantly addresses it. And this is what we're doing. Um, but like, we'll, we'll see. Um, also, I had there were two um, there were two noticeable um, Pulp Fiction references yeah. that were I thought were really yeah. cool. Um, so the the safe door on the cold storage is uh, Vincent Jules. That's where I was like, mm-hmm. I've seen that safe company before. Yeah. So Vincent <laughs> Jules, um, which are um, Travolta and Samuel Jackson's and, characters in Pulp yeah. Fiction. And then also the fact that his name uh, is Ezekiel because that's the book that um, Samuel L. Jackson quotes uh, his character of Jules quotes that book of the Bible. Um, and it kind of fits his character a lot, you know, like the idea that he's going to strike back in furious anger Um which like he definitely sees like you definitely see him being furious and angry at the end. Um, I thought those were really interesting things to put in there. Um, well, and the whole way it opened, but yeah, too, like the conversation. It, uh, I'm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the conversation between the two and yeah, how no, uh, how it opens just, when they're talking about the like the movie. It reminded me a lot of the like a virgin conversation in Reservoir Dogs, and oh, then I saw Reservoir there Dogs, are big yeah. writings about that. Yeah. I think um, Chris Rock may have done an interview or something saying how he was inspired by. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because they're like doing a little heist, right? right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. I'm I, I'm very pleased to hear, David, that you liked it as well. Um, what's interesting is that like right before we right before we recorded, I got a text from a friend um, who is also a horror friend. Um, and he said, how bad was it? And I was like, I didn't think it was bad at all. And he said, I've really, what, uh, I will read it to you verbatim. And I don't know if he's ever going to hear this, but we'll see. Um, he said, how bad was Spiral? And then I said that I liked it. And he said, really, I've heard people thought it was one of the worst movies made in a while. And I was like, <laughs> that is a very, that is very very difficult to read because I thought it was pretty good. And I also thought that like, if this had come out, if this had come out when it was supposed to, like this was Chris rock, like trying to pivot himself because he had just what, like put it into context. He had just done Fargo where he played like a dramatic character, right? Uh, the most recent scene of Fargo, uh, recent season of Fargo, like to see him do this, like it's very reminiscent of, um, um lakeview terrace i think with samuel l jackson who plays this like corrupt police officer so it's just it's really fascinating that like there are people who don't like it to me at least but i mean again this is horror we're dealing with people who have a lot of very strong opinions it's a very beloved franchise (laughs) so i shouldn't be surprised but i kind of am because and i don't know maybe literally the light the movie magic of it all probably got me just like the 
the uh, big screen and the big sound and all of that and the IMAX of it all. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I Just to see that there are people out there who are really coming for it just is kind of shocking. There's See, there's also a lot of people who are horror fans, but they really don't like Saw. Like, as a franchise. They don't like it. They It, it apparently birthed the torture porn uh, genre, which I... I don't think it did. Hostel did. Um, but I would yeah, agree with you on some that. people just, just don't really like it. And yeah, I loved it. It actually, like I went in with high expectations because you know, uh, but, and it, it did, it did even better than I thought. I, and I was in my top three. I was, pre- wow. That's high praise. Cause I was yeah. prepared to, <laughs> I was prepared to come in to this, um, to this like recording this and, um, have you be like, it was awful or it was meh. Like I was not prepared to hear you give it such high praise. Um, I, I literally almost, I walked out of the theater. I almost bought a ticket and went back in. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, it's late. I should probably get home. <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know, one of the the, the uh, conversations, I think the Forbes, again, the Forbes uh, review I read was sort of like, if you really like the first Saw film, you'll like this. Whereas, like, some people feel like the first Saw is not as exciting as the others, which is true. Like, the first film is not this torture porn film like so i agree i don't think saw like birthed that i definitely think it was more extreme you know than some of the things we had been seeing at the time but yeah definitely hostile was like torture porn um but saw definitely i think was right there kind of in that you know it gets a little you know muddy there of of uh you know just like what's the first slasher film you know um but uh, so I kind of agree with that assessment. I think if you think the first Saw film is boring, then maybe you won't be as excited by this. Or if you don't like Seven or films that are kind of a little bit more, um, you know, it's not like, it's not just like 20, you know, traps with horrible things happening in it. It's, you know, it's trying to be something a little bit, you know, more than that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot to like here. I did struggle at times with Chris Rock, a little bit again, I, 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 you know, I only really know him from a comedic thing. And I had wondered at first when I heard about it, kind of the same way with Get Out, you know, when I heard Jordan Peele wanted to make a horror film. Uh, and then he was like, but he's not going to be in it. I thought, well, that might have been a good idea for Chris Rock to like produce it, write it, you know, but not actually be in it, like find, you know, a more serious actor. In the end, I think he did well. There were a few moments where I just felt like he was kind of going, hmm, I'm a serious police officer with a complicated relationship with my father. <laughs> Let me squint a few yeah. more times. <laughs> you know, there were just a few moments where I was like, ah, his, like, I feel like that's showing a little bit. But overall, I think he did a good job, especially with the end. I really believed him at the end. I'm like, oh, there he is. Okay, yeah, he can do this. Uh, but there were just a few moments. Again, that might be my own prejudice against, like, comic, like, you know, just the comedic kind of thing, um, which also was well-balanced in this. There were a few laugh-out-loud moments, uh, but not. it wasn't a comedy. It's not a horror comedy. So, I, I mean, I think they did a good job, again, with that. Um, I was going to say the Forrest Gump thing was <laughs> hilarious. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> um, and then the whole, the, yeah, there were a few parts where I was like, you're not that serious, but I think I, I know which parts you're talking about. It was in the past 
it was the past parts where it was like, oh, I'm the beat cop and I'm, I, I had to turn him in right. for reasons. And honestly, all of those flashbacks, I was like, this is camp. Samuel L. Jackson with a, with a mustache, Chris Rock with a goatee, <laughs> and they're just like hamming it up. Yeah. I loved that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I, so I, again, I think there's something for, you know, everybody here to enjoy, go and see it in the theater. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, I have a hard time saying it's bad. In general, I have a hard time calling, you know, saying anything is bad. Obviously, Fright School is about kind of pulling the social commentary out of horror, not necessarily whether or not it was good. But I thought this was super fun. I do think there's an interesting conversation happening. I'll say again, I'm not exactly sure it's a conversation they uh, are trying to have. uh, But we'll see as time wears on how how it evolves and changes and as we get more um, reflective about it. But yeah, I thought overall it was super fun. I, I I didn't leave it going, ugh. Well, that was a waste, and which was, that was a win for me. I, my expectations were not high, high. They, I just wanted to have fun and enjoy it. And I did. So, and it, and I thought about stuff. So I, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah. I have one final question for David. Um, how did you feel about when um, Zeke picks up the saw and then <laughs> sees the bobby pin? <laughs> Oh my god, it was one of the best moments. I was like, are they really gonna do this again? And then he sees the bobby pin, and I was I I almost cheered in the theater, but I think I would have pissed some people off. Uh, <laughs> I was like, yes! I liked the I really liked the homage yeah. to the original, and then they were like, mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Ugh, and it, that was that was good. I one. was like, oh my god, this is why I th- like because I only saw the teaser trailer. Like, or, you know, the first trailer that was released and then nothing ever again and didn't, you know, kind of once I realized that like it was coming up, I just made it a point to not seek out any advanced stuff or interviews. And then like it, (laughs) you can tell that it was very much like we're going to do this little saw thing for the trailer and then people will be like, oh my God, what's Uh going to happen? And then, you know, make it so that way he just escapes with a bobby pin and you know, I and and that's the other thing that the last thing I'll probably say just in general is my friend. Um, I told him I said I wanted more traps. Like you know, that's why people go to Saw; they go for the traps. I think this was trying very hard to be to have things outside of that. Yeah. But like when they did have the traps, like the traps were unforgettable. So, um, yeah, yeah, go go see it. Um, hopefully, you have already seen it if you're listening to this. <laughs> Um, but go see it and, um, you know, feel free to disagree with us. <laughs> yeah, by all means. <laughs> yeah. so you just brought up another thing that I really loved about it is, um, every other Saw movie has barely any outside shots. Nothing happens outside. It's all very yeah. contained. And this one went everywhere. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it felt more expansive in that way, like going around a city again. And um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, overall, super fun. So yeah, I hope that you enjoyed it if you went and saw it. If you listen to this to get the spoilers, I hope you'll still go see it. Um, yeah. Yay! Oh my gosh, so exciting. We're on a new Yay. 
Yay. A new Saw journey, we hope. I, I was reading that they're plan- they want to do a sequel. They're going to see how this goes. There's also a thought that they want to still follow up Saw with a sequel. Maybe, you know, Tobin Bell really wants to explore the early history of Jigsaw uh, and, and Billy the Puppet so, and other things. So there's still, there's still territory to mine in Saw. Go ahead, David. They're also thinking of doing yes. a Yeah, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. Is that, yes, thank you. The so, team. They're also thinking of that. <laughs> so pre-production apparently has already started on a 10th. So I I don't know if it'll be a Spiral 2 or like a, a, a Jigsaw 2 or who knows. Um, yeah. But they are apparently starting... Work yeah, on I read that one. Darren Lynn Bowsman had said, which was so great to see him return to the the franchise again. Um, Loved it, <laughs> but yeah, he said that Spiral should not be considered a Saw Part Nine; it's its own thing. So if they're going to do another Saw film, that's totally separate from the world that they're building with Spiral. So I'm excited. Do it. You know, we've got we've had a, a Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. TV series. We've had Friday the Thirteenth. We've had, you know we're going to get Chucky. Why not Saw? Do it all. <laughs> have it all <laughs> we've had scream yeah scream I mean, that's be, right they yeah. can have a, tv is the place to be with horror. Like a crossover <laughs> um there'll be a crossover it'll be called spiral saw um and oh my gosh and i mean like it, we're, they're they're trying basically to set up this like saw cinematic universe right um <laughs> which like which is really wild. Like, can you just imagine, like, take all of, like, D- David, when you're, you know, when put this in your, like, sauce bank bank for later. Pick all your favorite people that have ever been in the series, and then they do, like, a Avengers Endgame style, like, into one big warehouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I always think about great. Shawnee Smith, be- like, gosh, why did she allow herself to get killed off? I just wonder if she either was tired of it or that was just what they wanted to do. Because, man, I would love to see her return I, in some form. I think that's just what yeah. they wanted to do. Because they wanted to, like, end it with a right. trilogy. It was going to be the trilogy. And then it did yeah. so well that they were like, okay, green light the right. fourth one. <laughs> Uh, well, we'll see what the future what the future brings. But this is a, this is a promising start. Again, you know, I, I think you know it, it. It was plenty of fun. There's something here if you if you love Saw, or if you just want to go see a, a horror film and go in the theater and you know hold your loved one's hand in the dark. Uh, so with that, thank you so much, David, <laughs> for joining us. Uh, we miss seeing you in person. Hopefully, we'll be able to do that again very soon. Now that things seem to be. We'll see. As we've all know, we've all seen that movie yeah. before, so we'll see where it goes. But <laughs> thank yeah. you for having me. Oh, just so we couldn't. We we couldn't have done this film without consulting you. So, oh, absolutely not. Like, yeah, you, you were the only one we thought of. So, yeah. no, absolutely. Yay. So, thank you again, <laughs> Joe. As always, I adore you. Thank you for sitting through that, uh, and I hope that your dreams are not too bad tonight. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll let you know next week. (laughs) All right. Well, and to you, dear listeners, always thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. 
Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 